I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. We have plenty to get to on today's show, but first, Joshua Hutz, it's Friday, my dude. It's Friday, man, and it's freaking weekend, baby. Let's have some fun. We get to come on here and talk about the Dolphins. Um, looking forward to the weekend for sure. How, how was your day today, Jake? How are you doing this fine Thursday evening, night, whatever it is? Josh, do you, what's your phone carrier? Did you hear what happened today? I did, and I I know they're saying it was like uh um some they were just saying the towers were down. Then there were other people saying it was a cyber attack. So so first, are you're an AT and T guy? I'm an AT. I am, but it it I've been I mean I've been around Wi Fi all day, so I didn't really notice anything. Did you? Did you experience any outages? Yeah, yeah. My phone was out till about one in the afternoon, and I actually read a report on what what really happened. Did 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 you read this? Did you see this? Was it the solar flare? I see people, I see a bunch of hunches. I had no idea what was honest or telling, or, you know, I thought it was all just a uh, hypothesis at that point. <laughs> so that I, I hear that it was the, the CEO of AT&T got into his office Thursday morning and he had his stack of newspapers, right? You get, you get in and you need to see what's going on in the world. He, he was going through the stack, New York times, Washington journal. There's just this like manila envelope in there and he opens it up. And it just says, the Dolphins should trade Jalen Waddle. And all of a sudden, he just decided, we got to burn this whole thing down. This makes no sense. We got to go back to asking Jeeves. People can't have this much power on the internet, man. Because that that was enough to, let's shut it all down. If the Dolphins are trading Jalen Waddle, we got to start going backwards. Because this is getting ridiculous. 
I honestly thought you they figured out what it actually was, and I'm sitting here like on pins and needles waiting to see what you said. But uh, yeah, it was right after that Mike Tannenbaum thing came out. Uh, they just decided to shut everything down because Tannenbaum it was. A, thing? It, I mean, I, I understand the trade, right? He was on Get Up. Like, no, what was the trade? In that, case people don't know. Trade Trent McDuffie, cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs, to Miami for Jalen Waddle. And um, Trent McDuffie's a great player, right? Nobody can sit here and argue that. We saw what he did to Tyree Kill several times this season. But to give up your young playmaking wide receiver, you know, when we've already heard Tyree Kill say he doesn't know how long he's going to last, I mean, um, it was just crazy. But it did come from Mike Tannenbaum. We do have to mention that. But uh, Dolphins Twitter was in disarray. I threw an article up on the Finsider, and it just went to the moon. And it's just so crazy that so. They, Simple things like that um, do so big numbers. But, Jake, what were your thoughts when you first saw it? Because I immediately just ignored it, and then I think it was two or three days later I finally saw it, and I was like, this is what everyone's so upset about? It was fantastic because you're just, like, scrolling through Twitter and minding your own business, which is something you can't really do anymore. But then you just get this post where you see, like, Tannenbaum's forehead, and you see him, like, waving his hands around. And it's just, like, dolphin or a proposed Tannenbaum trade, Dolphins, Waddle, Kansas City Chiefs McDuffie and and man it just it pushed me over the edge because we've been doing so well these last couple of weeks you know we're dealing with the Tua crisis that people can't really accept what's going to happen that you know odds are Tua is going to get extended the Dolphins have the fewest amount of players under contract in all of the NFL in 2024 and yet they have negative 50 million dollars in cap space so we we are already a, a panicking bunch but to go a farther step and say hey one of Miami's best assets, a wide receiver on a rookie deal who's a absolute combo breaker with Tua Tungvaloa as his quarterback, to say they the Dolphins should go ahead and, and trade this guy to a team that just won the Super Bowl without needing that top-tier wide receiver, which is an entire different conversation. But Josh, the Dolphins just scored seven points in the playoffs, and a former GM who spent years upon years making millions and millions of dollars thought Miami's path to success is let's trade players on offense. What? Yeah, it's crazy, man. And to think again, that a team that I think you said it, my thing was cutting out a little bit, but the Kansas City Chiefs have won two Super Bowls now without Tyree Kill. So do they really need a t- playmaker like Jalen Waddle? And again, at some point, we're going to wish that we re-signed Jalen Waddle because he is a top 10 wide receiver. I have his numbers down, man. What, three seasons with over 1,000 yards? Um, Franchise record, I'm big- fairly certain. Yeah, franchise record. I think he uh, led the league with, what, 18.1 yards per catch in 2022. Um, I mean, every year it gets better, but there is that injury concern. Um, again, I just think it was a little bit funny that this was something that they just had to throw out there, right? They were doing all these hypothetical trades. And um, us on Dolphins Twitter, man, we eat that crap up, don't we? Oh, and Barry Jackson, he nailed it. He just was like, I'm going to write a little. I think it was Barry. It was someone at the Miami Herald, I think, also wrote a little story about it. Just it was like a volleyball set where you're just giving it to like the biggest person on your team to spike it. It was just one of those situations where you just kind of sit there, you stop and think, man, like this just makes zero sense. And, you know, you you kind of see where Tannenbaum was going. If this was like a Madden trade with like zero depth to it, the Chiefs, they don't have wide receivers. I'm not thinking about the fact they just won the Super Bowl throwing to um, former Nicole Hardman, who spent, what, half the season with the Jets. Like, he won the game ceiling touchdown. Like, like why isn't Tannenbaum thinking about these things as making this argument to why the Chiefs, who just won a Super Bowl off a stellar defense, should trade their premier piece for a receiver on a team that just proved it didn't need the wide receiver don't get me wrong, man. I do think someone like Jalen Waddle would make the Kansas City Chiefs offense much, much better. But 
the Chiefs are at a point and they're mastering it to perfection is they're understanding how they can win football games with their roster, right? They might not be able to get to 34 points every game like they did with Tyree Kill, but give Patrick Mahomes one shot in the fourth quarter in a one-score game, he'll make everything else happen. He'll do what he has to in order to get that game-sealing touchdown. And we like to think about it as overall points per game, but like the situational football that the Chiefs have accomplished is just so damn oppressive to kind of think that not only should they, uh, you know, push all the chips in on offense, but to weaken the defense, man. Like, and I'm not even trying to hate on Waddle or what he does for the Dolphins because he's absolutely awesome. But if I'm the Chiefs, man, I'm sitting there like, you're, you're doing stuff just to do stuff. And that's like the worst reason to do it. Yeah, I mean, we can be honest with ourselves, right? Patrick Mahomes is an alien. I think we joked or I said it in the DMs, like he could legit win a Super Bowl with Isaiah Ford and Lynn Bowden Jr. in that receiving corpse that yep. Tua Tagovailoa had. Um, but you're right, man. You asked what um, Mike Tannenbaum was thinking when he threw this out there. I don't think he was thinking, right? He was just throwing crap against the wall, hoping to get those um, those views, the engagements, things like that. I do have to throw out Trent McDuffie, how well he did this year. PFF has him at 82.9 overall, 70.7 against run, 91.7 pass rush, and then a 78.3 coverage. Hit five force fumbles, three sacks, and 70 tackles this year. Again, we saw him uh, pick Tyreek's pocket. So he's a great player. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, he is on a rookie deal. The Dolphins do have some need for a cornerback. So you could kind of see why they would say this. But again, two years down the road, a year down the road, when Tyreek Hill rides off into the sunset to play video games like he's hinted at before, you're going to wish you had uh, Jalen Waddle. And I do have to throw this out there because I do think he next year would be his fifth year option. If Dolphins pick it up this year, he'd get it next year. Is that correct? Or no, next year. They can year's pick year's it up this year. Okay. Yeah. And that, that would be $17 million projected. Um, and then actually Spotrack had his long-term deal at four years, 92 million, 23.1 million per season. That was up there with AJ Brown and some of those uh, big number guys. So, I mean, that's kind of what you can already foresee what you might have to pay Jalen Waddle. Obviously you're going to pay Trent McDuffie at some point as well, but um, I just don't think that you thin down your offense. Like we've seen when Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill's not in the lineup, the offense turns into a pumpkin almost except that one game when it was just Jalen Waddle out there. Didn't he go ballistic? And um why why you would do that to that offense who desperately needs these playmakers so um i do like what the chiefs are doing though right i mean they were this high octane offense for so long and now they're kind of transforming into this defense first mentality and it's just um goes to show you that there's a variety of different ways to win in the nfl um the Dolphins just had to figure out their way to do it and i i like i like that that's a really good point and i think there's something too where like like tua and jalen waddle man the combination i just think is so perfect for both of them i mean I would like to think it was just as simple as injuries late in the year that really derailed any type of production from Jalen Waddle because the connection those guys have, it's out of this world. I mean, he went from what his rookie season, he led the uh, league in receptions and the next year he led the league in yards per reception. I mean, if that's not versatility right there, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I understand like, yes, the chiefs could use a wide receiver and yes, the dolphins could use a cornerback, but Josh, I, I think, and I might be assuming quite a bit here, so so please feel free to jump on this. But Chris Greer, he hasn't really felt like someone who, if he has ever made one, we don't know for sure. If he has ever made a mistake, I don't think he's ever been someone to admit it. And if you're willing to kind of push away Jalen Waddle, who, you know, you, you could write poems about how masterfully he danced up and down the draft in order to move back and then shoot, move back up to get Waddle and you're still getting picks. How great that was. If you're willing to, you know, bite that bullet in order to say we beefed it at cornerback with a second round pick with Cam Smith, that does not sound like something Chris Greer would ever, ever do. 
No, and I, I don't think that that's the point, Rad. I mean, again, we're just speaking about a hypothetical trade, and honestly, we got a lot of time to fill this offseason. We might do things like this more often, especially when Dolphins Twitter is in absolute disarray. But um, yeah, I, I love the uh, chemistry that Tua Tumalo and Jalen Waddle have um, developed over the years, and I know we all saw Tyreek Hill tweeted out like uh, him and Jalen Waddle are throwing shade at this fan base. Yeah, from Greece, he's throwing shade at the fan base, and he's like Jalen Waddle and Tua, they're on another level. They'll be here way after I leave or something like that. And it just kind of put things into perspective, right? That Tyree kill already sees the end of the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. And you're going to want a playmaker like Jalen Waddle. I did have some notes written down here, Jake. I, I found it a little interesting because I remember in 2021 when he was a rookie, he was kind of, we kept said he was kind of confined to a box. I looked mm-hmm. up his number. He played 24.5% of the snaps in the slot last season, 74.2 out wide. And then this season, 24.3% in the slot, 74.3% out wide. So it's almost the exact um, identical numbers. Obviously, he missed some games this season. Um, but the fact that they're finding a way to utilize him much differently than we saw his rookie season when he led the league in receiving, you're seeing him start to open up that game. I guess the only negative that you and I, and I guess a lot of Dolphin fans would have, is some of those balls where he just jumps and, you know, doesn't use his hands and tries to catch his body, things like that. But um, he is just an absolute stud. And um, I, again, I think if you're looking at this without Homer lens on and you say, okay, Dolphins bring in Trent McDuffie, that secondary, the defense gets a lot better. You have him on that rookie deal. I can understand that, but I just do not want to see Jalen Waddle on any other team anytime soon. Homer lenses. Um, Tua in his third off season, he learned how to fall. Jalen Waddle in his third off season. It'd be fantastic if he could also learn how to fall. Man, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was what the Patriots game. He had this awesome touchdown in the back corner of the end zone and he went up and he caught it well. He just like landed on his back and it looked like the most painful thing ever. And I think it was like week seven, eight, maybe even a little sooner than that. We saw him on the injury report with a back injury or just like back complaints. And you see that on NFL Network, you'll see like a commercial with that touchdown. So, yes, I agree. I think that's the one gripe. But overall, uh, I think. This is not a conversation that, that should be had whatsoever. I think you're super happy with Jalen Waddle in Miami, and you're su- super happy with Trent McDuffie if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Josh, Dan Graziano, he uh, put an in- interesting little uh, bit out there. Now, it's interesting on top of that. I'm hitting you all with an interesting squared here, but the idea that 10, 15 years ago, how much would we care about just like a 15 second sports center ESPN clip now that we can actually capture it in time? I mean, I remember a, a few years back, there was uh, no Sean Marino talking about coming to Miami. I think it was. And I remember tweeting about just like a clip I saw in sports center and everyone, everyone got very, very mad at me. There were articles written about me after that one, but not only did it end up happening, but it was just a little clip, a little, like, it seemed like insight, like this guy thought this. So Josh, Dan Graziano believes, and he was fairly confident about this on ESPN. He said that Miami won't let Christian Wilkins leave. Is it that simple? Is it as simple as a 15-second clip of, you know, saying good player stays? End of discussion. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I mean, kind of, really. But, I mean, when we're looking at the salary cap, I got to say no. Aren't we, like, still $52 million over the cap? I mean, I know they have this franchise tag to use, and I think we probably – literally posted the podcast and then the next day he probably released that you know saying that's almost as good as done so um i I don't think that we can say here and counter you know count the chickens before the eggs hatched i think is the way it goes but um i do think the dolphins would be foolish to let christian wilkins a player of that magnitude that you know should have a very you know should be very attractive on the open market you should know that you do not let him walk for peanuts yes you're gonna get that compensatory pick but if you can franchise tag him hopefully you know work out a long-term deal because we all want christian wilkins to stay we don't know how the salary cap works we've been told it's fake our entire life prove that prove it's fake lock christian wilkins up but if you can't do that then you have a team like maybe the bears i keep throwing them out there because i know they have a massive amount of cap space but one of these teams that has a ton of money has some draft capital they can move maybe give you a second round I, i you know i'm just throwing numbers out there but um i would not let Christian Wilkins walk for nothing, even though you are going to get a compensatory pick. Just throwing numbers out there. The one stat with Wilkins that we don't talk enough about, and it's super unfair, is like we spent a whole year talking about sacks. And good thing Christian Wilkins got his two sacks against the Jets and Panthers. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a good player if he didn't get two sacks against, you know, Bryce Young and, and Zach Wilson. Otherwise, we don't want him. Dude, this guy plays more snaps at one of the most physical positions than any other player in the entire league. I mean, the Dolphins are sitting sitting high with the idea that you have Christian Wilkins, who ranks first, and Zach Sealer, who's always third or fourth. That, to me, man, like, we've talked a lot of circles, and, you know, you see a lot of people doing mock drafts. It's just we have a lot of time to think and digest these things. Your, time, your opinions are going to change over time. And uh, a little peek behind the curtain, we're thinking about doing a show where we kind of – role play as some GM or uh, some agents trying to call the dolphins about let's get these players in Miami. And uh, Merrick and I went a little back and forth in the DMS, like, uh, cause he wanted to do Christian Wilkins. And I kind of, we, I was like, all right, let's play this out. And the idea that the dolphins are 50 million over the salary cap franchise tag is another $20 million. And then if you want to sprinkle in the idea, maybe they'll trade him after that. You have two weeks to trade him. Otherwise that is a $20 million cap hit. You still have to clear. That's a lot of, junk that Chris Greer would have to do and Merrick seemed to believe it was possible and as the days go on as I hear someone like Dan Graziano say that the Dolphins aren't going to let Wilkins walk I I'm starting to think that not only will he you know not walk but I think he might just remain in Miami and that's something I wouldn't be able to poo-poo no matter how hard I tried yeah, I have no idea how it works. I, I mean, I can't even sit here and fathom it. I do think it's funny, though, that last offseason, everyone was sitting there, you know, talking about Christian Wilkins' next deal. We should lock him up for this number because he doesn't have those sacks. And then he comes out here and just, uh, you know, has a uh, career high in sacks and um, all those things. But you're right, Jake. This is a guy that did not come off the field much last year, right? They did not like to rotate those defensive linemen because, let's be honest, we really didn't have many people to rotate up front. So, um, again, I kind of joke that when Anthony Weaver took this job, he was eyeballing a Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer tandem up front. Um, you, like you said, you keep hearing these experts analysts and these people that actually have i mean i, I don't want to put myself down or i mean you probably have more sources jake than than i've ever had but i mean we're sitting here and we don't know much of anything right all we hope is that the dolphins can find a way to lock up christian wilkins and um get under the salary cap because again i i don't 
pity Chris Greer at all. I don't, you know, it's I'm not, not envious money. of what he has to, yeah, it's not our money. And I just feel, I kind of feel a little bit bad for Chris Greer, but he's the one that got us in this situation, right? He's the one that set these things up. I just don't know what type of magician he has to, you know, he has to pull all sorts of rabbits out of his hat. And I'm, I'm intrigued to sit back and watch this all unfold. And hopefully when it's all said and done, we do have Christian Wilkins, you know, uh, tugging at Josh Allen, pissing him off at the bottom pile, doing whatever he does um, to get under all those quarterback skin. So there is a point where like every dollar matters, but you know, I see people arguing this about Tua quite a bit, and I think it's fair for every player. If you're talking about someone who's going to get paid like a premier at their position, someone you're not going to be able to instantly like snap your fingers or in place. Yes, I know Skylar Thompson could instantly replace Tua. I understand that. But what I'm trying to get at is like a lot of people were saying, hey, uh, Tua wants 50. I wouldn't go a hair over, you know, $44 million. And, you know, you're trying to argue down to that six mil. But in, in the grand scheme, as you kind of like think about that, that six mil doesn't really mean a whole lot in the grand scheme. Yes, it it's $6 million, but cool. The Dolphins spent $15 million on Emmanuel Ogba. Seaton Carter was making $4 million per year for some, some time here being a special teams pro. Justin Bethel's in the same boat. I'm not trying to hate here. What I'm trying to say is that like, when you have these players and you're that close, right? Christian Wilkins wants to reset the market at 27 million. You're willing to offer $24 million a year. Is that really the difference? Are you really willing to kind of stand pat just so you can have Seaton Carter on the roster? That's where I'm starting to kind of push to where if they sign him long-term, they can work it in a way where both him and Tua can combine to cost less than 20 mil on the salary cap this year. That sounds pretty exciting. I think there's also, I, I meant to do more research on this beforehand, but uh, the salary cap's going to be like $8 million more than uh, this year than it was originally projected. Now, something about that to keep in mind too is everyone thinks the Dolphins instantly have $8 million more. That's what they can use to sign players. That $8 million for this year doesn't mean as much when everybody gets it. Because just as you can pay more for a player, so can every other team. But I think that can be helpful seeing these shocking bumps. F it. Let's pay Tua. Let's pay Christian Wilkins. It might seem a little wonky now, but you get an extra 6% bump there, 7% bump there. That investment you made, I think, helps you more in the future than this impression of, oh, we just found $8 million underneath the, the couch cushion. That's great. But so did everybody else. And it, it, it's no longer an advantage for you. And we talked about before, but how much of this is setting a precedent, right? I mean, we talked about the Bradley Chubb trades, the Tyree Kill trades, and they instantly snapped their fingers and paid those guys. At some point, you know, Dolphin fans are skeptical. You know, should we pay to a – should we let Christian Wilkins walk? At what point are you going to retain these great players that you suddenly have stumbled upon, right? We got Jalen Phillips coming up. We got Javon Hahn. We got Jalen Waddle. I'm saying that out loud. That's a lot of money. But, um, again, we sat here. There's ways you can structure this thing. Find a way, find a way to work this thing, get those cap numbers down as bare minimum as you can this year, you know, bring in the players, load up and hopefully make a run again this season. But again, I do not want to see Christian Wilkins walk and I do not want to see Tuatonvaloa walk, although I do again want to see a bit more when it hits January, but this is not a Tuatonvaloa podcast, not at all. I can't believe Daniel Jeremiah had to do this to us, Josh. Um, he released his mock draft 2.0 which I, I think the, the wording and, and labeling of these mock drafts are so funny. And I had to ask, and I think this should be in your range. Do you remember Lion King one and a half? <laughs> I, I mean, I think we actually watched it like a couple months ago. So it, it kind of, I, I cannot, I'm not gonna be able to sit here and tell you the plot or anything like that. 
Uh, I, I was just thinking about how, you know, these mock drafts, they do 1.0, 2.0. I'm like, we never get the 1.5. And and I think Lion King was the one successful franchise to ever pull off a 1.5. Um, long story short, I did Wikipedia to refresh myself. I think it was just the li- first Lion King from Timon and Pumbaa's view. I'm fairly certain it's just kind of them, how they met. Um, Timon didn't fit in with all the me- – what am I doing? Um, what I'm trying to get at, though, I'm loving is- it. You're, I'm nerding <laughs> out over here. I'm loving it. Keep this is this is off-season content, baby. This is this is what we do. But Jeremiah's mock draft 2.0. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna but- butcher this. His last name's a lot too. Uh, the UCLA defensive end uh, at pick number 21 for the Dolphins. 13 sacks, two fumbles, two interceptions last year. Um, he had to medically retire due to a neck injury in 2020. Um, considering the Bradley Chubb and Jalen inj- Jalen Phillips injuries. That's why Daniel Jeremiah started going that direction. Josh, I'm throwing a bunch of stats at you about this, mostly because I couldn't pronounce his name and had to kind of fill time there. Uh, but but let me know your thoughts here. I wrote a little story about it on the Finsider. At first, I'm, I was kind of all in still on Jackson Powers Johnson going with that offensive line. But another thing, I sat around, thought about this for a little bit. It kind of made sense. Yeah, and that, this is why it's so foolish. I mean, I – Respect to everybody that does mock drafts this early, right? But I mean, free agency hasn't hit. We know all the holes. So, um, I, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay either way. I guess my original thought was this: you said he played for UCLA, right, and had to uh, medically retire. That sounds a lot like Jalen Phillips, right? So, um, we know how much. Uh, and I'm, I know this really doesn't matter, but I keep going back to when uh. Mike McDaniel said one of his favorite positions to watch is the edge position and how it's just like his favorite position on the field. So um, he's complained before about how he hasn't a first round pick. I mean, maybe, maybe you they go edge here. So yeah, but, just uh, I, the code. it's hard to move on from Jackson powers Johnson. When we are looking at offensive line right now, we're bringing back uh, Teron Armstead and Liam Eikenberg and hopefully Rob Hunt. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, I'd be okay with edge here. I mean, the one thing that the Dolphins do do very well is they kind of fill holes throughout free agency, kind of bring in some depth pieces, and then go into the draft and kind of just go best player available, at least so it seems, right? We saw Cam Smith last year. I don't think any of us thought they were going to go cornerback at that point. Um, so, yeah, they could definitely go edge here, especially with Jalen Phillips being injured, Bradley Chubb's injured, Andrew Van Ginkles might not be back. So um, I could definitely see him going that route. Super, super hot take here, man. Super hot take. I love what you said about McDaniel. I think that those are excellent points. And that actually got me super excited. Um, So the Dolphins, I think we've said it six times on this podcast now, are $50 million over the salary cap. And another team that really works in the trenches like this, where they're really leaning heavily into the salary cap doesn't exist, is the Saints. And I think it was last year the Saints tried to make a couple upgrades and they couldn't because they didn't have a lot of salary cap space. Well, what did they do? They said, F it, we're going to trade a for- or future first-round pick for a first-round pick this year. What would your impression be, Josh, where if the Dolphins can't make a lot of decisions in you know, free agency, they might get a comp pick year or two down the road, but they do find a way to keep Christian Wilkins. Like They're still warping the salary cap, but not so much so where uh, we got to bring in these new guys to replace. But what would you do in a situation where you could get Law to uh, pick 21 and then you trade your second round pick this year and maybe next year's first mcdaniel gets his two firsts this year and then maybe it's pick 24 25 you got jackson powers johnson or maybe there's another offensive lineman you like there what would your thoughts be there they don't have a third or a fourth round pick so this would be it for their draft but um yeah man I'm, I'm liking where you're going with this because i mean we're sitting here talking about how the dolphins window might be closing and you know this that and the other thing 
go all in in the draft, right? I mean, we see them trade these picks and bring in these high contract players. So, dude, I would not be against that. I thought you were going to say we're going to completely trade out of the first round. And I was sitting there just thinking about how sad I'd be because you sit there and watch all those picks. No, you watch all the picks come through and then you're sitting there and they trade out and it's like they're no 33rd pick or something. You're just like, I can just go to bed. But um, I do expect them maybe to potentially trade down. So that's definitely an option out there. But, dude, if they were to, you know, say Jackson Powers Johnson or Latua, Latoa, I. I'm butchering Nailed that either it. way. And then they trade back up and then get the other one. I mean, um, that would be the perfect way to build this roster and to keep it young, right, and under the under the cap because that's the way that these teams are building their teams, through the draft and not missing on a Cam Smith or a Channing Tindall or some of those guys. But um, as we said, man, Anthony Weaver's going to get the most out of Channing Tindall. Daniel Jeremiah's 1.0 mock draft had the Dolphins selecting LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. Um, I think he had the Bills selecting them 2.0, so he falls another eight slots. Josh, what would your thoughts be on Dolphins going with a wide receiver, um, considering the volume you give to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, especially Tyree Kill, it's just out of this world. Yeah, I mean, I could, I'd support that, right, Jake? I mean, we're sitting here talking about when Tyree Kill maybe rides off in the sunset, potential absolutely r- ridiculous trades of Jalen Waddle. We know the Dolphins need another target in that offense. That's really how this offense can take the next step. So we've talked about it all year long about needing that big body type, that guy that can go up there and high point the ball and make those big catches. I'd be all for that. But I do think that, you know, when you look at the roster, there probably are other needs there. But with the way the free agency and things are working out, getting a rookie in the draft at wide receiver is probably the best route to go. So I'd be all for that. So the Dolphins were kind of in a weird situation last year, right? Where you had Tyree Kill, uh, an absolute value monster, and then you had Jalen Waddle right there too. Um, but Josh, I was a little surprised to see how they struggled to get someone like Braxton Berrios involved. They struggled to get... Uh, they struggled to have a tight end. We'll just say that they targeted the tight ends, I think 54 times throughout the entire year. Uh, Durham Smythe, I think had 46 of those Julian Hill, maybe like nine of those times. Um, And the entire impression we have about this Dolphins offense is they need another weapon. They need another weapon. Keep helping out Tua with getting him more weapons. But I mean, Josh, I mean, think back to the last two years and I go back to that Baltimore Ravens game two years ago, right at week three, that excellent week two, sorry one of the two. Um, and it was just kind of sitting here in awe, like, wow, like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle combined for 23 receptions on like 27 targets. How can this efficiency continue? How can this volume stay so pat? Considering that and considering how, I don't want to say unlikely and Tua can do it, he's done it, but considering how this offense doesn't really shift into a third gear with that third player, do you think that a wide receiver would be that best option to improve this Miami Dolphins offense. Like that is what they need is that big body. Cause it sounds like a lot of fun to say, but is there any proof in that pudding? Yeah, I don't know that there is. And I mean, it definitely sounds fun to say. I think we all kind of suggested that Mike Gesicki could be that big body slot wide receiver right. when he was here, you know, right. Cedric Wilson's a little taller than some of these other guys. And uh, I mean, I think I've written down 296 yards, three touchdowns this season. So, I mean, when you have him only, less than 300 yards, Barrios, 238 yards and a touchdown. I mean, um, you definitely need someone to step up. So I can sit here and say that the next year could be bringing in a, a big body tight end, you know, like that Dalton Kincaid or something like that, or bringing in a, a guy like Brian Thomas. But um, as I think you want to talk about, Jake, there's some uh, players on this roster that we could definitely be targeting more in the passing game and could open things up with that speed that they have. So that's that's kind of where I'm sitting because, I mean – Miami targeted tight ends. I pulled up my notes here 52 times last year. The Broncos were second to last at 62 times. 
Uh, something that I thought was pretty surprising is that uh, Miami's offense actually targeted running backs the fifth most among all teams last year. That's with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle being your guys. So the Dolphins were looking for answers. Uh, something that I thought was super interesting, Devon Achan was targeted 3.4 times per game when he got going. I think there was that game, the Titans game, he was targeted 10 times. I'm curious to think if maybe Miami's final gear here could be that running back position. The one thing we continue to preach but not practice is the idea that the Dolphins have zero money to work with. No monies. No monies to work with this offseason. They're going to need to find these solutions elsewhere. We can't pay Cedric Wilson another $7 million to do nothing. I don't know if they can pay Braxton Berrios another six mil to have one reception a game to get hit stick, to do three backflips in the air and still get the first down. But that's not a smart way of using money. I, I wonder if you look at a situation where Elvin Kamara last year was targeted an insane 6.6 times per game last year, targeted 14 twice, which helped my fantasy team quite a bit. I'm not saying they have to go that crazy with HN. You have an absolute stud 1A and 1B and Hill and Waddle unless you trade Waddle. But what about averaging four targets a game to Devon Achan? I think that might be a solid, you know, third option for this offense. There were 15 running backs last year that averaged four targets a game. Uh, McCaffrey, Eckler, obviously, uh, Brees Hall. But, I mean, even guys like Rashad White, Ramondre Stevenson had four targets per game. So as we get closer to the, um, you know, free agency in the draft, what are your thoughts on maybe kind of leaning into this running back group? Because – one number that sticks out to me and kind of pops out of my eyes, Raheem Mostert was targeted just about two times per game last year. Early in the year, we saw him have some really strong moves on some just dump-off passes against the Broncos, situations like that. But by the end of the year, man, he wasn't doing a lot in the passing game whatsoever, which kind of came to a surprise for me. Yeah, I mean, when you were saying 1A and 1B with Waddle and uh, Hill, the first thing I thought you were talking about was our running back, you know, right? Because that's kind of what we have with Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. I, I was really surprised when you said the fifth most uh, targets among wide receivers in the NFL because that's a that's running a backs. little bit running backs yes yeah, sorry but um for me I think you lean on HN more I mean 27 to 37 targets 197 yards three touchdowns again that three touchdowns was just as much as uh Cedric Wilson had in the passing game same as Raheem Mostert my question is how is he divvying up these touches right because well late in the season Jeff Wilson seemed to be that guy that was always getting the path the the targets in the passing game and that to me I would much rather see go to an H hand or a Mostert and things like that and another guy we got throughout there Alec Ingold I mean that's a guy that we talked about time and time again now he needs to get more involved I think he's technically a running back right can we not talk about him in this 13 to 16 targets 119 yards I mean you're looking at these guys they could have more production than that they have that speed the explosiveness um and the willingness so I do think you rely on these running backs a lot more but um they definitely need to bring in a tight end I mean we thought that that was the the cheat code for a Mike McDaniel offense. And it turns out he's just like, ah, eh, whatever. We don't need to, we need Durham Smythe. And that's all we need. Uh, Julian Hill, right? Julian Hill looks solid. So um, yeah, man, I think we lean on these running backs a lot more in the passing game. And um, hopefully they can use that speed to open things up for the other guys. Cause that's going to be the way for the Dolphins to take this thing to the next level. Devon Achan averaged uh, 3.4 targets per game. Raheem Mostert at 2.1 targets per game. There's someone that I actually completely forgot actually played a decently big role in the, the receiving game. Do you have any guesses here? Their name Yes, Salvin Ahmed. 2.6 targets a game. I cannot believe, like, we spent so long talking about, eh, this guy's not really going to make the roster. But, man, like, Raheem Mostert wasn't really involved in the passing game. Jeff Wilson wasn't involved in the passing game. How did have we completely forgotten that Salvin Ahmed Bless his heart. He, he's really worked his ass off to be in the NFL. Undrafted guy. 
he doesn't have all the all the skills, but I mean, he was a pretty solid part of this offense. And I mean, he had some pretty big runs on the outside. Kind of reminded me like what Justice Hill was doing with the Dolphins as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I was looking up these numbers, and I honestly forgot about Sal Nachmet as well. I think he might be a free agent this year. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully, he's a guy that you'd like to have back, right, on a cheap, cheap deal to just oh, yeah. be, a, like like you mentioned, a pass catcher, 16-23 targets, 88 yards, a touchdown. I mean, he did make some plays last season. So, yeah, I was definitely yeah. definitely surprised by him. Yeah, so, dude, <laughs> did you say to tackle Mostert? Yeah, I, I wanted to call him Mostert 1.5 to stick with the joke, but I don't know if that, but just kind of someone who's going to stick around. He fits with the system so well. The Dolphins can't really play around it, and I don't even know if you can, like, with a smile on your face, draft even like a running back in the sixth or seventh round just because of how limited this team is with having the fewest players on the uh, on the books for the 2024 season at the moment. You have Jeff Wilson under contract. That's going to be a tough one. You have Raheem Mostert under contract. The guy just led the league in touchdowns. I don't think that contract's being touched whatsoever. He might probably should ask for more money. Very tough being a running back. Um, and then you got Devon Chan on that rookie deal. Bringing in someone like Salvan Ahmed on that cheap, cheap might be the best option. And then you have a couple guys, Ahmed and Chan, where you can kind of work in and out as that number three option. I'm not saying that HN can be, or even Ahmed can be in a consistent number three option, but just having that role in place where if somebody gets hurt, if an opportunity rises, it's not like, Oh God, what are we going to do? And then we're going to have, we're just going to pray that Cedric Wilson throws or runs the way that two is throwing the ball. So dolphins, Twitter doesn't start world war three outside of that. We might be doomed. Yeah, and I got, we got to throw Chris Brooks' name out there, right? Isn't he still – I think yes, he's still part of this. I, I know he didn't really do much in the past game and things like that, but he is a guy that, you know, we were pretty hyped about as an undrafted free agent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued right now because I know a lot of people were sitting there comparing Devon H. and some of his skill set and how Tyreek Hill was a running back in college, right, made the switch to receiver. And I'm just picturing Devon H. and, you know, motion out into the slot. You Maybe never he most are doing that little, uh, you know, the one where he goes to the sideline to draw the linebacker out, and it's just – causing nightmares for the defense. So I hope they lean into that because I do think Devon HN getting more touches, even Raheem Mostert, I think that would be good because like you said, we don't need to rely on Cedric Wilson any more than we already have. Yeah, this just kind of boils back to, I, I don't buy that the, the whole idea that the Dolphins need another offensive weapon. I buy that they need a lot of offensive linemen that can make everything work a little better where you can't just kind of lean into your uh, uh, three-party tricks. How many times can you make the dollar flip upside down uh, without the entire defense knowing what you're doing? And that's kind of what happened to the team this year. Um, that's why, man, I, I don't know if it's the the big body. If the Dolphins would be happy to spend that first-round pick on someone like uh, Brian Thomas Jr., if you could kind of load up in the trenches, get like a center, and then be a maniac, and maybe someone on the edge if in the second, or if you want to move back up, that seems like the quickest, most effective way to kind of build this team forward. And two, man, if the Dolphins give two of that contract, it's going to get expensive. If you're going to give Jalen Waddle the contract, it's going to get expensive. This has only been one year. Adding another wide receiver doesn't really fit that kind of rhythm that pace the Dolphins are trying to build, where if Tua's making $50, $60 million against the salary cap, you're not going to have money to bring in massively paid wide receivers because he's going to have to carry more of the workload. Cough, cough, look at what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Disclaimer, I'm not comparing the two. No, we uh, we did compare a lot of Dolphins Twitter was compared to though a lot of, a little bit ago, right? It just seems like last year we were all our, sitting our, our most to- viewed show is titled. It just took one week for Patch or Tua to match Patch Mahomes and MVP odds. 
Oh man, that's that's amazing. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I don't know where they go from here, Jake. And I honestly, I like what you said, how you don't know that they necessarily need another offensive player because I think it was a few pods ago when we were with Merrick, he said something about bringing in another weapon for two. And I just kind of almost scoffed at the idea because the guy is Jalen Waddle and he has Tyree Kill. I mean, wh- what more do you truly need to take it to the next level? I mean, we're talking about Patrick Mahomes or Buna face and we know what type of uh, weapons he's executed with. So um, whatever it is, man, they got to figure it out. I feel like our window is slowly starting to close and I just feel like that sunken, you know, defeat and that de- desperate desperation just starting to sink in. So um, dude, we got a long way though before the season starts and I'm just glad to be able to sit here and talk about the dolphins with you, man. That's why I'm taking my highlighter and it's going to leak through like seven pages. I, I think Devon Achan can, can be that guy where you can lean into a running a game that kind of you still leverage Raheem Mostert. You have Chris Books. That way you can be comfortable if there needs to be a game. He gets six, seven targets, has that Sproles-like game. I, I think the Dolphins can do a lot with that. We saw how excited McDaniel um, was to draft someone like Achan. So I guess we will just have to wait and see what the Dolphins decide to do there. Joshua, before we wrap up, I just want you to shake your crystal ball. What's going to be this next thing to drop here for the Miami Dolphins? Is it going to be something we're going to hear about Christian Wilkins related? Is there going to be another move the team is going to make to start freeing up some money? We're hearing rumbles about Xavier Howard isn't willing to take a pay cut, yada, yada, yada. What's going to be this next, uh, let's say, acorn or nugget of information that we're going to be yapping about? I was going to say the two extension just to watch a world burn. Can I, can I, like I go it. with that? I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to be it, but yeah, we'll go with the two extension. It's just going to, you know, top five money melt people's brains and Twitter's going to be an absolute cesspool for the next uh, couple months. They did say they wanted to get it done sooner rather than later. So that's interesting, man. I think, I think you might be onto something with the two extension and it would instantly free up, you know, 10 to $12 million in cap space that the dolphins can start just inching closer to that number. I, I I do think after that finding eight mil in the in the cushion, they're at like 45-ish. So so we'll see what happens. But that is it. Go enjoy your weekend. It's starting to get a little warmer up here in the north, but everyone down in the south, just keep enjoying that sun for us up north. That's all the time we have today on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you all for joining us. We will be back early next week, but until then, it's up. Okay.